This is Chris from Lenore City, Tennessee, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, welcome to the big show, episode 257 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, sitting directly across from me in opposition, my lovely, talented, and defiant co-host, Brittany Page. In opposition? I don't know. You're, you're across from me. Uh, <laughs> you're, it's your, uh, you know. So anyone across from you is automatically oh, in yeah, opposition? Oh yeah, opposed. Totally opposed. That seems like a very contentious way. <laughs> To go through life, <laughs> sir. Welcome to my world, uh, Brittany that's, Page. That's why you're always fired up, apparently. That's it. I'm fired up. Yeah. Ready to do this. Mm-hmm. Before we get started here, though, I do want to mention a couple things. One is, every once in a while, and it always seems to kind of cluster together, I end up going on other podcasts. Recently, I was on a show called What's This Movie Really About?, where we discuss the movie There Will Be Blood. Great movie. Which, yeah, one of my favorites for sure. Daniel mm-hmm. Day-Lewis is a a superhuman actor. Uh, he's all right. Yeah, pretty, pretty <laughs> great. And then I also was just last night on a podcast called Nerd Out Loud, where we do a little bit of election talk, a lot mm-hmm. of election talk, but then we also talked about this stuff, some of the stuff we're not going to talk about on the show. Yeah. So there's... It's not just a repeat of a Jesse D episode. Uh-huh. It is it's their style, their thing, and I would encourage you to go look up both of those shows. Subscribe and listen because it was a real real good time. So again, what's this movie really about? And Nerd Out Loud. Very good. All right. And then now, a little housekeeping with us before we move on because we have a lot of we were going to do a normal show today. And I decided that I wanted to just address voicemails and emails for the most part, and then kind of get into the 100, the 100 day plan of Donald Trump and his administration. So, but before we do, we are still looking for, and I know it's hard because everybody's down in the dumps because of what's taking place with Donald Trump's election. But this Thanksgiving episode, we do, first of all, we need your voice submissions. Not a tweet, not a message, not an email. We need your voice because I layer it over a a music track. And then it's like this, you know, hopefully a heartwarming, inspirational kind of thing that we play on our Thanksgiving episode. So, like I've been saying, give some reflection about the things that you're, you're thankful for. Your family, your friends, your station in life, what's happening around you, the things that you're hopeful for. Just... Seek out some positivity and call in. Either call 657-464-7609 and leave a fewer than three minute. Actually, it would be better if it was like two minutes long. Really, you know, get to the heart of it. Or you can send a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. I need these within the next few days in order to edit this thing together for the Thanksgiving episode. Every single year... It is a really, for me, it's it's a tearjerker every single time. Very moving, very powerful. And if you've already sent one in, thank you so much. If you haven't sent one in and you're being nervous and weird about it, <laughs> just do it. Just, just send yeah, it in. Sure. Well, the other thing is it's anonymous. It's anonymous. We you don't, don't need to say your name. You don't need to say your name. Just start with your message. You don't need to tell us that you're appreciative of us so you're thankful for us. While we care about that, that's not the point of this. So... Send in your submissions. We're waiting for them. We've, we've got a few, but not nearly enough, uh, certainly not nearly enough to, to complete the episode. So thanks, you guys. We appreciate you. We love you. And uh, we are thankful for you. So, all right. Moving on. Let's get into some of these, these voicemails and emails. Now, I'm gonna, we're going to pepper in both Red and, you know, Brittany reading some messages, but also the voicemails. And the voicemails, they're not in any order. They are, other than 
alternating male, female, male, female. <laughs> They're not in any order. And, uh, you know, I just, before we get started here, let me, I guess, just say this. The reason we're doing this is because, like I said earlier, look, I had planned to do just a regular episode, but I think people are still hurting out there. I think people are still looking for some explanation and maybe getting some of this stuff off their chest and hearing us all, you know, collectively talk about it, I think could be somewhat cathartic. It, it could serve, look, <laughs> I'm not a therapist and I don't play one on the radio, but I think it could be helpful for people's mental health moving forward to 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 look forward to some positive aspect of the next four years because it's going to be difficult, but we're going to have to get past it and move on with, with a battle plan in place. And I think this could be could be helpful. Why the... Why the side eye, Brittany Page? The I'm not giving a side eye. The, it was the battle. It's just my face. <laughs> it's just the way. I thought maybe the word battle uh, struck you. I don't off. care what you say. You're not me. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, without further ado, since I am not Brittany Page, uh-huh. let's get to our first email. Hi, Jesse and Brittany. So Trump will be our next president. It's painful. It's frightening. It's maddening. It's also reality. So let's focus on what we can do to fix this. I have a few ideas below, but I'm hoping you two and the rest of the audience can help improve and add to this list. Number one, there are several organizations who will be fighting the worst parts of Trump's agenda in the courts. If you have the means, consider donating to one of them. I recommend the ACLU, Americans United for Separation of Church and State, the Freedom from Religion Foundation, and American Atheists. Number two, seek those who disagree with you. Speak out and use effective methods for changing minds. We must reduce the prevalence of bubbles in which we only see what reinforces our current beliefs. We need to find those who disagree with us and try to learn why. We should engage in respectful dialogue with the other side to try to change their minds. Be careful, however, as changing minds is difficult due to a number of cognitive biases. Example, the backfire effect. I recommend a technique called street epistemology, streetepistemology.com, which uses Socratic questioning to avoid the backfire effect and helps the other person to see where their approach is unreasonable or unreliable. This approach has been publicized mainly as a way to help the religious become less so, but it can be applied to any deeply held belief, which might be incorrect. Even if hurling insults across Facebook feels good, it won't change minds and it won't stop Trump. We must be the mature ones, the ones who keep our heads so that progress can be made. Those are the ideas I came up with. I look forward to input from you and the audience. B-I-T-B-P. I figured it was time we shortened Brittany is the best part. <laughs> is, that, is, uh, is, is, that, is that what he means by that? Love the show. Brittany's the best part. That is what he means I- by that? <laughs> And that is from Marcus, if I didn't say that before. B-I-B-T-P. Brittany is the B-I-T... B-P. B-I-T-B-P. Oh, all right. Yeah. You just practiced it a couple of times. I like that as well. Okay. Uh, (laughs) um, I do want to say one thing. So Socratic questioning, yes. I don't know if if he was saying Socratic questioning has been an approach that is publicized mainly as a way to help the religious become less religious. Um, Well, there are several characters out there. In who are, I don't want to say famous, but are known for street epistemology, where they go out and talk to people about atheism and people who are Christians. And it's there, there's a guy that I'm friends with on Twitter named Dan Simpson, who's who does it. Um, I, Dan Sim- Simpson, is his Twitter handle to give him a little shout out. But um, yeah, how, how, how do you think it could apply to what we're facing now on a political level? Well, I wasn't going to talk about that. Oh, um, sorry. I was going to say... <laughs> That Socratic questioning is actually used in cognitive behavioral therapy oh, yeah. to challenge irrational let ideas drop, that people me, believe. Let me drop an acronym. CBT. Yeah, CBT. <laughs> so I was a little surprised to hear about the, the other way that it's used because it's it's used in therapy as oh, well. Socratic questioning yeah. to get people to question their irrational um, ideas and, and beliefs. And CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, is a an evidence-based treatment plan too isn't it so this really probably is tested right and reliable mm-hmm. yeah well thanks for that marcus look I, I just like we talked about on the last episode to get involved at a community level that's going to be the best way to really truly affect change because it, it, it's not a trickle down change is not it, it starts at a grassroots level 
and I would get involved. Um, I think those organizations that, that Marcus listed are, are, are good. Um, I think that some of the most pressing issues that would counter a Trump administration would not necessarily be religious or secular based, like specifically like the Freedom from Religion Foundation, which I have my own problems with. Um, but maybe environmental, um, LGBT, women's health organizations like Planned Parenthood, uh, those would be all good choices. I'm not denigrating the choices of Marcus. I think they'd be great. But get involved at your local level. And then if you succeed greatly at the at the local level, maybe move up to more of a regional level, we all need to do our part and get involved. It is more important now than ever before. Right. And since he's asking the audience to help improve or add to the list – send in your ideas of things yes. that you're doing, steps that you're taking. I know a lot of people right now are donating to Planned Parenthood in Mike Pence's name so that he will get a receipt of their donation. Oh, that is an awesome idea. Yeah, that's a big movement right now. And then... That's um, probably going to bum him out a lot. I'm sure. <laughs> and also subscribing to newspapers. Yeah, you know, this is funny. I mentioned this last night on Nerd Out Loud and then woke up this morning and you told me that John Oliver said the same thing on his show last night, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, come on. When the idea can, originally... Can, well, it didn't come from me. I heard you talking to someone who was with us this weekend mm-hmm. about what a great idea it would be. Right. And then I poached it and talked about it on, on Nerd Out Loud. But this was yesterday morning before John Oliver's show came out. So, look, <laughs> great minds think alike, Brittany Page. They really do. You are in league with, you know, a wonderfully smart entertainer, John Oliver. Well, you know, who would have thought to donate to newspapers when Donald Trump has said he wants to open up libel laws right, right. and well, sue you're people really who say donating. You're you're getting something in return. Right. A newspaper. We're gonna do it. We haven't decided. But yeah. I'm thinking New York Times, especially New York Times, because he has placed them directly into the crosshairs of his Twitter rage. He's still attacking them, right? Yeah. Now. yeah. President elect attacking a, a noble, historied journalistic organization. So thank you, Marcus, for the awesome, well-written email. Thank you so much. All right. Let's get to a voicemail. Hey, this is uh, Nick uh, from Michigan. I was uh, up late thinking the thing was going to be a fine <laughs> and that we would have our first female president, but that didn't happen. Obviously. Uh, my mouth is open. Uh, after everything he's done, all the horrible disgusting words that like mocking that disabled reporter, uh, Saying he's going to ban all Muslims and calling Mexicans rapists and bringing drugs and crime, but some are good people. He's still one. Now, we have 40 of that. That just made me realize I have to go out to uh, work with people and act. Because I haven't done that. But now I have to. If there's anyone suffering, uh, if there's an injustice, just one, that's an injustice to everyone. And we can't be in denial from what he's said and what he said he's going to do. We have to remember every single family who could get fucked from what he's proposed. It's wrong. I'm white. And I can't believe that people, so many white people went out and voted for him. Because I am, I know I'm already lucky and I'm, I get more rights than everyone else. So I have to put myself at a level and try to, to feel more like um, a minority, I guess. <clears throat> I have to help 
just my heart breaks for everyone and any Muslim who might be taken out of this country. Because this is fucking America. And we all are immigrants. Bye. So obviously some, some very palpable emotion there. Um, I feel you. And I, I think what, what I'm gathering from that is really a message of empathy. That when you think about these families that may be deported or torn apart uh, if, if Donald Trump gets his way and, and is going to deport millions upon millions of people living in this country, it's not just going to affect them. He doesn't pull out entire families as a whole. Children who were born here are going to be affected by that. Other people's families, families who are here legally, let's say, they're going to be affected by that. This is not a, a, a macro problem where it's just 3 million as a group, this monolith gets taken out. These are people with lives and loved ones and aspirations and dreams and hopes and fears. They are people. And I think we need to keep that at the forefront when we, when we talk about this. When you, when, you, when you have a Facebook discussion or you talk to your family members about that, personalize it. Bring it down to an individual level. Because I've found it's hard to hate that which you know. Look, it's easy if you don't know any gay people to say all kinds of radical, idiotic shit about gay people. If you know someone who's gay, it brings it to a, to a personal level, and it's hard to be as vitriolic, I think. Which is kind of sad. If you think Absolutely about it, sad. That you have to... The other thing, know someone in order to not feel or be hateful yeah, toward them. Yeah. The the other thing that Nick said that really resonated with me is not to be in denial about the things that Donald Trump has said up to this point. He's already trying to twist. For instance, uh, today on the news, or maybe it was yesterday, and we just watched it online. There was a clip of someone asking a Trump. Well, you can tell it better. It was the Steve Bannon thing asking about why he, it's okay for him to be. At, at, at the highest level in the Oval Office when it's in court documents that he hates Jews. And they twisted it around, didn't answer the question, and moved on, and they allowed that. We can't allow that. We need to be in not in denial about the things that have been said over the course of the past 18 months to stay on guard of the potential dangers that Donald Trump and his administration would pose. Right, and it's not... It doesn't need to be hostile... It doesn't need to be hostile or offensive, but people need to realize what what's really happening here. Yes. And we can't move away from that. Uh, kind of what Marcus was saying in his email. I mean, continue to engage, but do it in a way where people are going to listen to you. And even if they're not listening to you in the moment, do it in a way where you're planting that seed. So when they're home alone by themselves, they can reflect on your conversation and maybe start breaking down some of those walls and listen i'm not good at this so i'm not just giving you the audience the advice to try to be magnanimous and to try to be come across as open-minded because it's almost impossible for me to do as fiery as i am here that's that's me i'm not putting on a character here it's very, very difficult for me not to devolve into the person I don't want to be, especially about things as important as the things that are at stake right now. Brittany Page is, you know, colloquially, she is a godsend to me because she pulls me back in from the brink all the time. I'm always on the edge of being an offensive prick, and she reels me in, so... Do your best because, it, like, like he said, it might feel good. Marcus said it might feel good to fire off, you know, expletives and to be that guy on Facebook. But it doesn't do, it doesn't serve the greater good. So try, try to try to keep that in mind. And I will, I will, I will, I will do the same. All right. Next email. 
Hey, this is David Jordan from Indiana. About overturning gay marriage, wouldn't appointing conservative justices allow a future case to reach the Supreme Court and then re-decide their decision? Also, I do believe LGBTQ can be warranted in fears besides this one, such as discrimination, crimes, or using the preferred bathroom. Thanks for the show. Absolutely. Um, but here, here's the thing about the Supreme Court. Justices are very aware of their role, their historic role in the United States, that the Supreme Court shouldn't be one administration to the next. It's not like the State Department, where policy just changes from January 19th to January 20th when the, when the new inauguration happens. Justices have, have uh, historicity in mind. They're looking at the long game. That's why throughout our history, oftentimes, what has happened where um, they wait until public sentiment is really behind before they make a ruling that probably should have been made, you know, 15 or 20 years before. They're slow to act to make sweeping societal change. I believe, and this is just me, you might disagree, that Obergefell Hodges is done deal. I believe that is that it is just as cemented in case law as Roe versus Wade. It, that's not going to get overturned. I just, maybe it's me being Pollyanna and pie in the sky and super positive guy, but that's just, I believe that. I think that that is the, here to stay. And even if they were to appoint um, other very conservative justices, which I don't even really buy on its face that he's going to do that because Donald Trump is a fucking wild card, um, I think we're safe. And if you're a member of the LGBT community, don't get so riled up about it. Like I said, let's let's not be in denial about the things that he said up to this point. Be on guard, but don't panic. Stay strong. All right. Another voicemail. I like this back and forth thing. Yeah, it's good. It takes the pressure off you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. This is Brittany from Mississippi. Good old red, red Mississippi. Um, I just wanted to touch on something that you spoke about in your last podcast about the acceptance of Donald Trump and, um, you know, how he would have to prove himself to us before we just outright accepted him. Um, I, I wanted to say that not only do I agree with that emphatically, um, but that part of this whole situation is what really kind of has me mind blown. Um, I am the only person in my family who is a liberal, um, I vote democratic. Um, I'm atheist and I, um, am very open-minded and accepting and tolerant and whatever, you know, other positive things you want to say. Um, and I always have been this way and I've always been very cautionary and respectful when it comes to my beliefs and, and imposing them on others and, and not just being in your face about it. Uh, especially where my family is concerned. Um, the problem I have is the hypocrisy of this whole situation of just accepted, accepted, accepted. When we've listened to eight years of hate speech and Barack Obama's a monkey, Michelle Obama's a man, they're classless, they're trashy. Um, you know, I could say all sorts of different things about Donald Trump. I'm not going to do that. I don't, I don't gain from doing that. What I, what I really don't understand and what I'm I'm really just beside myself how can you call our current president a man who will allow a protester to just interrupt him and he will allow them to speak and say what they want to say and then respond and then move on how can you call that classless how can you call that anything other than than presidential and um leading um I, I just, I, I can't wrap my mind around this. And I, I, you know, I'm not out burning buildings down and, and writing and, and, you know, drawing on monuments and things like that, spray painting on monuments. But I get it because the hypocrisy, I don't care who you vote for. I don't care where you stand politically. That's your business. That's your vote. You get one, I get one. But the, the hypocrisy of this whole situation just completely has me baffled. Um, and that's what I have a major, major problem with. And, you know, it's just, I can't wrap my head around it. Um, anyway, that's pretty much it. Um, obviously love the show. Can't get enough. 
And we Britneys are always the best part. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Love the show. Britney's the best part. Love Bye. that. Um, also, she has an awesome voice. Yeah. Really great voice. When I fire this Britney. Yeah. If you're ever looking for a gig. A new Britney. New Britney. That's the replacement Britney. Britney number two here. <laughs> <laughs> But she made awesome points. And this has been something that's really frustrating for me, too, which is just accept the president. This is what happened. Just accept him. Well, it's 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 even more laughable when juxtaposed against I'll accept the election results if I win, Donald Trump says. Right. And now that he has won, it's oh, come on, guys, you need to do be the big bigger person and just do what's right here when we know it would have gone down a whole different way had Donald Trump lost this election. Right. And his supporters were talking about guns and pitchforks yes. and using force. And then they're complaining about what they're seeing from the protesters, which I think a lot of the violence that we're seeing isn't even protesters. Those are just people that take advantage of a situation. Opportunists. But she's making a great point, too, about what people have said about Obama for Eight years. Yeah. Well, and also just a point. Keep keep that in your in your head. But the the point of these protesters, the other night there was another protest here in Los Angeles with eight thousand people. Eight thousand, almost ten thousand people. You know how many arrests, Brittany Page? Well, you do know zero, zero arrests. So all this narrative that there is just anarchy and chaos in the streets is one hundred percent unfounded. It is a conservative bullshit narrative that's being put out there by outlets like Breitbart. The racist alt-right bullshit out of Breitbart. It's not true. That's just not the case. There are some isolated, like I said, opportunists who are taking advantage, but it's not the norm. These are peaceful people out there who are just hurt, who are just upset, and who want to send a message to Donald Trump that he's got a lot of goddamn work ahead of him if he does want to unify this country, if it's if it, it is at all possible. Sorry, I went off on a jag there and interrupted you. Yeah, well, what she was saying about what they've said about Obama for eight years, it's been horrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, horrible, and racist, you, you just, hateful. You just did your video um, for the conversation on YouTube with Tommy Lahren, her latest video, mm -hmm. and you featured all these pictures in your video of protesters and i mean hanging a black doll from a noose in after, front of a church after obama was elected yeah. i mean really and you're gonna stand up on your high horse when you've been saying racist things and say oh just accept the results everybody listen protein protesting doesn't mean you don't accept the results it means hey i'm pissed off about it and i'm gonna let you know it's sending a message to what will be the people in power. It's not protesting like they think they're going to change the election. That's not what it's about. And the fact that that's what people are thinking really illustrates that they are fucking out of touch. That they've ignored the last 18 months and the division that Donald Trump has inspired with fewer than half the country. It's a problem. Thanks for the the voicemail, Brittany. We appreciate it very much. And Marcus and Nick, everybody else. We, we really appreciate it. Let's move on to the next one. I'm hoping that Donald tries to make a positive legacy when he is in office. At first, my initial hope was for impeachment, but having Skeletor Pence as president is worse. <laughs> I really think the problem is the <laughs> electoral system. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We need to go with the popular vote because it represents the majority of the people. Yes. I live in New England and couldn't make it to vote because I had to work all day. My neighbor had the same issue, but we knew our votes didn't matter because the state wasn't turning red and it didn't. I have two master's degrees and my neighbor has a PhD, so we did think this through. <laughs> if the popular vote mattered, we both would have found a way to go vote. That is the problem, in my opinion. Your thoughts? Well, my first thought is you needed to go goddamn vote, first of all. I mean, I don't want to come down on you and be judgmental, but come on, man. You, you, need to, you need to get out there and vote. Secondly, I am absolutely in favor of getting rid of the, the Electoral College. It is, it, it is uh, arcane. It is no longer necessary. It was, it was put into place 
in a time when information wasn't as accessible or even available as it is now. The founding fathers wanted to secure, the, the founding fathers wanted to make sure that in a low information time, that you wouldn't just vote for the guy that you were familiar with because he was from your state. If you lived in Virginia and it takes a month to, to get to New York because you're on horseback, you're not going to know about the candidate from New York mm-hmm. and what he may or may not bring to the job. Right. So you're likely just going to vote for your guy mm-hmm. with whom you're familiar. Yeah. So they put the Electoral College in place because of that. Well, that's not the case anymore. We have information at our fingertips. Literally, we have more information than we need with Google, with cell phones, with Facebook, with Twitter, with all the many ways, with instant newspapers, newspapers that are that are written and published in New York City and here the same morning in Los Angeles, a trip that would have been death. There would have been people died on the way from New York City to Los Angeles when our country was founded. It's a different country. One vote, one person, one vote. That's the system we need to go back to or go to. Well, and every time I hear people argue against the Electoral College, they say, or I'm sorry, argue against the popular vote, they say, well, we don't want places like New York City and Los Angeles to control the outcome of the election because they're so populous. Well, you still have that problem with the Electoral College. Exactly. Where the state of California has 55 electoral votes and a state like Idaho has four votes. Yeah. So it's basically the same structure. I I don't really understand that argument. Well, listen, the other aspect of the popular vote that would be good is that it People would feel enfranchised. They would feel like their vote does count, that it's not some weird maze-like system to get to 270. Right. It's my vote counts. I need to get myself, my neighbors, my family to vote because it matters. Right. The person that texted us that message didn't leave their name, but they would have felt like it matters. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. And let's, let's keep plugging along here. Hey guys, just listened to your post-election uh, podcast, and this is Dan from Oceanside, by the way. Hey Dan. Um, I'm still trying to come to grips with what's going on. I know you guys are too, trying to think about what this actually like looks like, and and something I was reading on today, which, you know, when you look at like, wow, well, the Republicans have the House and the and the Senate and the you know, it, you know and and the presidency, and it, it might be extra bad or something. Until I'm reading about stuff the transition team wants to do, and there's already things that Mitch McConnell is just shutting down. Like, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, and I think, given given old Donnie's temperament, that's actually good because there's. I th- I don't think he's ever going to forget that the RNC didn't back him the way they probably would have any other candidate. And I don't think that he's going to forget. Uh, he's going to be able to gloss over these things when they tell him no, because probably for the first time in his life, someone's like someone he can't fire, uh, is in control of, you know, is equally as powerful as him as far as, you know, the, the Senate majority leader and stuff. Uh, the, the president just can't tell him to do whatever the president wants. You know, they, they have to work something out. And I don't think that that's, that's Donald's, uh, forte. So anyways, I think that you know, if I'm if I'm able to completely take off the fact that I think this is a burning dumpster fire of a clusterfuck for this country, uh, <laughs> if I'm able to just look at it like it's sports, uh, it's like having, you know, like locker room issues, like like a team that's not all on the same page and don't like each other, and they're even though they're all on the same team, they are still concerned with who gets credit for what. Then I think that like Trump is is almost in a weird way more so, especially because he was a Democrat until recently, he may be like specifically ill-equipped to work with the different factions of his party. Uh, and it may all like come crumbling down on him, which I'm, of course I'm hoping it does. And, uh, as entertainment, I'm also hoping it does. So anyway, guys, uh, we're all going to make it. It's all going to be fine. He's going to give us something hilarious that happens every other day. Hopefully it's not something embarrassing for all of us and just specifically embarrassing for him. Anyways, uh, love the show. Keep doing it. Uh, let's, let's grow that like Patreon network and keep you guys, keep you guys doing it and see if we can't add some more episodes. All right. Have a good one.
Wow. Doing our job for us. I like it. Well, it gives me an in. L- let me address the Patreon thing first, the Patreon and PayPal thing first, before we get move on, and that is Kristen. Yes. Our latest Patreon supporter. Wait a minute. You're trying to cheat Kristen. This is what we do. Kristen. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's become a, a tradition it, on the show. It is becoming a tradition. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate it very much. It is awesome. We really are looking forward to adding a third show. We're quite a ways away, yeah. goal-wise. Right. Um, but I've said it before, if only 500 people gave a quarter an episode, we'd be there. Yes. Just a quarter an episode. It would be a big a big windfall for us relative to scheduling and making it work, making it feasible for us to add a third episode a week. And we got our new stickers. We so did, ah, yeah, we got stickers. We will be sending those out tomorrow. No more dick nose Jesse. No more. Just on the air. Yeah. Not on the stickers. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, to, to answer uh, some of Dan's queries or, or concerns, I agree with him. A lot of what he's saying there that Donald Trump is going to be it really the bummer is that it's a wait and see. We're going to have to exactly find out. But that's the beauty of our system of government, the genius of our system of government with the checks and balances, because there's just as big of egos in the Senate and the House as there is in the White House now or even right now. I mean, I'm just talking about Donald Trump, but even now, look, it's not some meek and mild guy who ends up being president of the United States. You have to have ego. You have to think highly of yourself to even aspire to be the president of the United States. So, and it's the same could be said of majority leader or chief justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. These are men and women of substance, of intellect, of some level of arrogance, and certainly self-confidence. So if Donald Trump starts going off the rails, maybe again, it's the Pollyanna part of Jesse, but I think that the checks and balances will work themselves out. The Supreme Court is not going to let Donald Trump run us into a ditch. And I believe that the Senate, more the Senate than the House, but the Senate is not going to allow it either because of procedural rules that they have in place that they've had in place for 200 years. So take heart. I think Dan is right to be positive. Look, we we need to make the best of this mentally because it's not a good situation. But it's not the end of the world. All right. Next, we have another uh, email message. Yeah, and I, I want to apologize here to the person that sent this text because it's shy grandma is their sign off. And shy grandma, I want to apologize because you sent this text on November 8th and you actually used the acronym before Marcus. Really? B-I-T-V-P. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. So shy grandma. Maybe it's a pseudonym for Marcus. (laughs) I I guess (laughs) that could be true. Um, But Shy Grandma says, Hi, Jesse and Brittany. When all the election fervor dies down, I would love to know your thoughts on Leonardo DiCaprio's Before the Flood. I found it quite compelling. And since this new listener finds you too compelling as well, I would love to hear your thoughts. Love the show. B-I-T-B-P. I already played it. Shy Grandma. So Uh, I wanted to make sure and give you credit, even though we have not watched it yet. We will watch it. Yes. And we'll report back. And let me tell you... I think it's very important climate change right now. There was just a measure on the California ballot as a referendum to, I don't want to use too forceful of words, but to outlaw, (laughs) outlaw one use plastic bags in the state of California. And although it does go against my, my, my general political ethos that the government be stepping in and telling a business what to do, like whether they can offer a plastic bag, we face an existential crisis with the environmental situation, the climate situation in our world. And if it takes California, which is like the ninth largest economy on the planet, if it were its own country, then that's making a difference. And I voted for it. Uh, I guess I should say that, that I did. I voted for the ban on one-use plastic bags. And um, hopefully that is a small difference being made. So I think that is going to be going forward kind of a 
a passion of mine is is doing our part for the environment because it's look we're saving the earth for our children and grandchildren and there might not be any more important mission right now shall we do another voicemail yes all right hi Brittany and jesse this is carissa from pennsylvania um i was listening to episode 256 and I was honestly avoiding all of my podcasts because I I finally had my breakdown yesterday, being Thursday night. Um, immediately after the Trump thing, I, I was just like flabbergasted. And the next morning I woke up and I was like, you know what? I, I'm not able to have kids, but like I, I really don't want the next generation looking up to this man. So... I applied to be a big sister for big brothers and big sisters. And I was like, okay, I'm going to turn my disappointment into something good. And I was just trying to avoid the political stuff. And I love Bill Maher and John Oliver and you guys and, and you know, Cogdis. And I, I, but I just, I couldn't, you know, it was just too, too raw. And, and um, so yesterday I decided to watch the, um, the clip on YouTube of, you know, Obama and uh, Trump at the White House um, and as soon as President Obama said president-elect Trump I lost it like for a good hour you know my husband's like he's like you know it's okay obviously you know we need like a revolution the people need to rise up blah blah blah, blah. and I'm like I don't I don't have faith in the American people because because this is what they did. And, and again, I wasn't like a staunch Hillary supporter. I'm just afraid. Um, so it's Friday morning and I just got to work and decided to park and get these feelings out of my head into you guys' <laughs> your guys's head so I can go on with my day. And I, and I do know the sun will rise tomorrow and all that stuff, but I did read what he wants to do in the first 100 days and the Keystone Pipeline and it's like, it's like he, yeah. I can't, if, well, if I keep going, I'm going to start falling again, and then I'm not going to be able to work. Um, I do love the show. I know I joke that Brittany's the best part, but, you know, I love you too, Jesse. Bye. Well, listen, <laughs> I, I, would, I, I would caution you to be, stay positive. Keep your chin up, Carissa. It is... I have shared those moments. In fact, listening to you talk about getting emotional <clears throat> makes me a little emotional. There have been, there hasn't been outright um, bawling on my part, but there have been several moments where I'm disheartened. I'm, I'm disappointed. And I get a little, a little misty, kind of like I am now. I had hoped for more. I, too, wasn't a giant fan of Hillary Clinton. But I had more faith in the American people than this. I'm still positive, despite my, my, my tearing up right now. I am still positive. And, and also largely for the fact that the majority of the people didn't vote for Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton at this point looks like she she won the popular vote by about a half a million people. By about the, as many people as live in, in Wyoming, she won the popular vote. So not all of our, our, our neighbors are racist, hateful assholes. Um, but things will be okay. Anyway, thank, thanks for the call. We appreciate it very much. Do we have another uh, email that might be less sparking of my <laughs> emotional side? We do not. No more emails. No. All right. No well, we have one more voicemail. Let's get to that and then wrap up so I can go blow my nose. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. Love the show. Uh, just started listening to you guys this year. I've agreed with pretty much everything you've said. With that being said, Jesse, come on, man. Come on, man. You can't put all the blame on Hillary losing on supporters of Gary Johnson. 
thing is, most of us realize that libertarians tend to be more conservative. There's a high chance those people were never going to vote for Hillary in the first place. Me personally, as a Republican, who is disheartened with my party this year, voted for Gary Johnson. With that being said, it was as well. Maybe it's possible we should put the blame on people who didn't vote at all. Or maybe we should talk about people who left the presidential ballot empty. Or maybe we should acknowledge the fact that Hillary just ran a poor campaign. The minute she put herself on Donald Trump's level and started mudslinging like Trump, she started losing people. The minute she called Trump supporters deplorable, she started losing people. One of the biggest things I found amongst people who voted for Trump, whether they be Republican, independent, or typically Democrat, is that they found Donald Trump to be more genuine than Hillary Clinton. Come on. That's all I really got to say on that, man. That's all I got to say. She lost fair and square because she didn't run a campaign that she should have run. She lost because the DNC has been marred with scandal this year. She lost because people really think she screwed over Bernie Sanders. Anyway, man, still love the show. I'm going to keep listening, even though I didn't agree with you on this one thing. <laughs> so, again, love the show. Brittany's still the best part. But, Jesse, you're a close second. Have a good night. All right. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Well, Bye. let me say this. Well, there's a couple things there. Uh, I agree with almost everything you said. Well. I do. I agree with most of what he said. However, you're miscategorizing what I said about Gary Johnson voters. And, and one, look, I'm a fiery character. And when I said, fuck you, to, to swing state voters who voted for Gary Johnson, that was an emotional response. Of course, I'm not saying fuck you guys. And I'm not putting all the blame on Gary Johnson supporters. That's, of course, that, that's a ridiculous assertion that I did not make. Of course, it's a combination, a litany of reasons across the board, many of which you just named. I would add to that voter ID laws, like in Wisconsin, where, where it's reported that 300,000 voters were turned away and the margin was fewer than 20,000. That is also a contributing factor. You, you look like you have something to say over there, Brittany. Well, I just, I don't really agree with the things he said about... Her saying the deplorable thing, losing her supporters. Yeah. I mean, if that is somewhere that you can prove that, th send me the link, please, because I I don't think that's true. We also said that Dems, Democrats thought largely that uh, Donald Trump was a more genuine character. Yeah, no, they're both very not genuine. <laughs> well, they were also both wildly disliked. Yeah. Their unfavorability yes. was off the charts. And I believe Donald Trump more so than Hillary Clinton. Yeah. So these are both people that are not likable. And when she said the deplorable comment, she didn't call all of his supporters deplorable. She said there's a certain number of them or whatever that can fit under that name. Yeah. Well, it was, look, it was. It was a bad move. It was a bad move. She certainly stepped on her dick there. That was a bomber thing to do because sure. it gave the other side ammunition. Gave that, them ammunition. That they didn't need. But it was still true. And <laughs> Absolutely true. So, you know, I, I just, there's a lot of things. Brittany, there's Donald Trump is president-elect. When does truth, when did that start mattering? Yeah, well, <laughs> there's a lot of factors that played into the, the result here. Yeah. And when you said what you said, I don't I didn't take it as though you were putting all of the blame at at the third party voters feet in swing states. But the caller is also making interesting points where he's only pointing out um, Hillary's faults. Right. And the reason that the result is so shocking is because all of Donald Trump's faults, including a cozy relationship with racists and racism. Yeah. And I don't I don't know how that isn't the top priority for people right well, now. I just shared something on the Facebook page this morning and it's a quote from somebody else that says not all Trump supporters are racist, but all of them decided that racism isn't a deal breaker. End of story. And he's appointing Steve Bannon. Yeah. To a high position of influence in his administration. Yeah. Steve Bannon who didn't want his daughters to go to school with Jews. Yes. Also, Steve Bannon, who said he wanted Breitbart, the, the, the media organization he runs, 
to be the platform for the alt-right. And the alt-right is a white separatist, white nationalist organization. It is more than just a tangential relationship with racists. This is the new Republican Party. And I'm, I'm going off the rails here and talking about shit we've gone over for, for, for many months. So I'm sorry about that, caller. But I guess my point is, I don't put all the blame on Gary Johnson voters. Certainly not those who aren't in, in swing states. If, like I said, if you're in Florida, if you're in North Carolina or Virginia, states that were iffy, there's a far more culpability for Gary Johnson voters there than, let's say, California. Also, to his point about continuing to listen despite disagreeing on this one thing, <laughs> <laughs> even if you disagreed with many things, I would hope that you still listen. Yeah, well, that's what the voicemail thing is all about. Well, it's not even what the voicemail is about. It's... It's what we need to do more of, especially now. We we can't do this echo chamber stuff anymore. It, it needs to stop. Um, and it's getting really serious now. Because if we all isolate from each other, we're not going to get anywhere. You need to engage with people. Yeah. You know? and, and I think a lot of times people hear things on here that they disagree with. And sometimes we get hate mail. And that's fine. But continue to engage. Continue to engage. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. All right. Well, that wraps it up for the voicemails and the emails. If you, too, would like to sound off to the show, send in your Thanksgiving submission of what you're thankful for, any kind of communication like that, 657-464-7609, or, of course, email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. Another way you can support the show, other than listening or writing a review on iTunes and and sharing the show with a friend, is by going to dollamore.com slash Patreon or dollamore.com slash PayPal or just dollamore.com slash Amazon if you're going to make some holiday purchases this year. If you're going to spend your money anyway at Amazon, why not help your favorite show Filled with news. News. And ridiculous comment. We we get a little portion of those sales and a, a little bit, believe me, goes a tremendous way to put it in Donald Trump parlance. We, we love you guys. We appreciate your support very much. It means the world to us. All right. Well, we are going to end it there. We love you guys. We appreciate you. If you're, if you're seeking out more, Go check out What's This Movie Really About, the podcast, and also Nerd Out Loud. It would be awesome. I'm sure they'd appreciate the support. And until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. I don't care what you say. You're not me. All right. <laughs>